Hello, my loves, and thank you for tuning in with me again for another episode of Hustle and Coal, where we can journey together, reach some breakthroughs, ap- approaching closer to ourselves and closer to happiness than we've ever been before. And I want to thank each of you for patiently reminding me again and again as a Cali girl just to stand up on the surfboard. And if you're standing up on that surfboard with me, the surfboard of life, I hope you live that life with your arms reached out in a space that is always open and available to you with an endless sea of possibilities. So without further ado, I just want to jump right into today's episode. It's going to build on the last. Um, And I first want to just start with thinking about moments in our lives. And if you think about moments in your lives as this balancing act, every moment of your life is neither all good nor all bad. So when you clear your thoughts and see beyond the illusion of knowledge, you'll realize that nothing is good or bad, but thinking makes it so. Therefore, your mindset, um, the stories you tell yourself, that voice inside your head really controls that struggle that you have because no illusion is as immersive as time. We constantly deal with it and we also take it for granted. We learn how to function with the rules of time, but never truly understand the nature of time. So then there's this question, does anybody know what time is? Well, the lack of understanding of time makes us suffer. And our struggle to make sense of our past and the future blocks our happiness. I was reading this phenomenal book called Death Wise. Um, Because this year, early in the year, I lost my grandmother to cancer. And in the book, Death Wise, he talks about how in a Western society, we are always striving and reaching for this concept of more time. And he raises a powerful question in this book. He raises the question of, what is more time? For people whose life seems to have an expiration date, maybe you have three months to live, For people who maybe have years, decades on top of decades of time to kind of suck away and waste or live fulfilled, what is this idea of more time? And what if someone told you that the more time is now, what would that change? If you were told when your time comes and how much time you have, would you live any differently? Would you change your habits? Or would you live exactly how you live right now, day to day? So the lack of understanding time, I want you to understand, it struggles for us, it creates this struggle to make sense of the past and therefore blocks our future pathways to happiness. But busting this illusion will go a long way to helping you interrupt the suffering cycle at its inception that we create for ourselves in our mind. I don't know if you're ready to believe this or not to be true, but you are at the root of a lot of your suffering. So I want you to ask yourself one question. What time is it? And what is time itself? So today I wanna talk about time. 
Factoring in the good that happens followed, is followed by or weighed into account based on our expectations. So I want to pretend with you, for you to imagine with me, what is your ideal time frame of living? Because if I'm being honest with you, I can't see myself wanting to live to 100. But I do know that I need a little bit more time in my days to do all of the things that I would envision for myself to be true. But in order to do this, I need to be present. And I need to fill my presence with more things that attest to who I am. I need to bring my boldest self into my biggest challenges. I think the problem with presence, presence for ourselves, presence for others, means that presence feels at once concrete and inspiring, simple but ambitious. It's this truly powerful feeling that is also extremely terrifying. And phew, that is a lot of listening and understanding. Just that simple part right there is so complex. And a lot of that has to do with our connections. For example, a lot of us prioritize worth, warmth, I should say, over competence. Because from an evolutionary perspective, it is more crucial to our survival to know whether a person deserves our trust. Because if they don't, then we should keep our distance, right? We do value people who are capable, especially in circumstances when that trait is vital or necessary. But we only notice that after we've judged their trustworthiness. So we never really move and be present in a way that doesn't link some state of expectation to it. So is that another ego-driven move that prevents us from ever really truly being present? From ever really truly manifesting and utilizing that time that we're given? So today my focus is really understanding this concept of living in the moment. Living in the space between where you are and the expectations you set for yourself. Now, I'm not telling you not to set expectations. I think everyone should have some level of boundaries for themselves. But every truth happens exactly as expected, even when you least expect it. And that's a good thing. Because life with all of its hardness, you know... um, harsh realities it fails to shock you and then somehow in that uncertainty the certainty of uncertainty you can find some peace so it's the nature of every truth we reject it and we wish it wasn't true but then that truth in itself overpowers us so when we discuss presence I think too often we're approaching life's biggest hurdles and dread and we avoid them. We use that um, flight feet tactic and then we leave with regret. But if we learn to access our personal power, our personal check in with ourselves, our personal own understanding, then we can really achieve presence. 
And presence is the state in which we stop worrying about the impression we're making on others. What my mother thinks of me. What my spouse or significant other thinks of me. What my neighbor thinks of me. What the lady standing behind me in the grocery store thinks of me based on the items in my car. When we stop owning the perspectives of others, then we can start being our best selves. I want you to think about that for a a moment with me. Imagine if you had this virtual posture. If you were able to take a stance outside yourself. See your physical body from your spiritual realm. The moves you make. The conversations you have with yourself about yourself. If you were able to take a virtual posture... And see the characteristics of your avatar. Would you change the way you behave in real life? Because research actually has shown. That when people perceptually inhabit virtual representations of themselves. They tend to take on their avatar's characteristics. This phenomenon has been referred to as the body transfer illusion. And even works across genders so if you're able to kind of do your own out-of-body experience and self-reflection from an outsider subjective perspective then you're able to test behavioral effects of an immersive virtual reality you're able to see yourself from a non-judgmental standpoint and possibly give yourself capabilities and superpowers if you will that you wouldn't naturally perceive because you're not weighing yourself down with your doubts with your past with your track record so my wish for you and my goal would to develop this kind of awareness and control over your personal power because it's a vitally important element of presence That even in our own civilian way, we need to take care to stand or sit if you're not ready at attention. Be attentional with what you give your attention to. Be mindful of where you're present and where you're not. Notice the ways you can show up and notice the places and things that no longer deserve your presence because they don't deserve your highest power. They don't fit or fulfill your highest good. And I want you to not think of this as some kind of recipe that you need to watch and mirror someone else's journey because they're non-linear from person to person and even day to day. Self-healing isn't this one-size-fits-all cookie-cutter capability it honestly changes as you change and based on lived experiences you can't service or apply one person's strategies as a one-size-fits-all curriculum or strategizing for yourself and so when we're working through being present I want you to think about simple techniques that you can use to fight the fear we all face 
in high-pressure moments and weave together some storytelling that'll help you achieve and reach your most present self in the easy times and in the hard times. And I want to leave you with this one quote. Anyone can carry his burden, however hard, until nightfall. Anyone can do his work, however hard, for one day. Anyone can live sweetly, patiently, lovingly, purely, till the sun goes down. And this is all life really means. That's a quote by Robert Louis Stevenson. And that quote is important because it's this idea of self-nudging and how the tiniest of tweaks in your day or in your moment or in your habits can lead to big changes. So I want to challenge you, however hard, for one day to carry your burdens until nightfall and allow them to pass when the sun goes down because that's all life really means. Thank you again for tuning in to another episode of Hustle and Call. It's been an honor and a pleasure, and I appreciate every moment of journeying with you. Welcome back to another episode of Hustle and Call. Um, I was inspired to, you know, kill some time in traffic today, and I decided I would speak to you. From where I am right now, um, and thoughts I was just having in my head, and I was like, you know, why don't you say these out loud? Um, so today I'm going to talk about identity. And in order to talk ad- about identity, you have to be able to talk about the past, the present, the future, and all these like layers of who you are, and those you're still shedding, the layers of your skin that no longer serve you, that you're still holding on to, all of those things. And so, trigger warning about identity. Um, When we think about identity, I think you really have to consume your own ideology of yourself. Um, You have to factor in your past, the amount of years you've lived, the books you read, the things you eat. Um, It's this combination of all these things that we insert ourselves in or kind of get our toes wet with. And so it's this compilation of things that are you, or that you accept as you or accept to be so. So when thinking about identity, um, there's also culture and race and beliefs and practices. And so there's all of these layers. And so thinking about myself as a young girl, I knew that I was Mexican, you know, I knew that I was Hispanic. And so I was kind of immersed growing up in really what that meant. But because of the color of my skin, as far as fairness, I never really felt, if you will, um, Hispanic enough. Mainly because I perceived how Mexican, quote unquote, I was based on how often others would identify me as such. So if I'm in certain spaces, or if I'm in front of certain people, I often get the question, what are you? And I always reply with human. Although I understand what is being implied. 
it is being implied like what is my ethnicity what is my race where do i come from because i look in trees because i have this pale skin however it has these like yellow hues and it's not necessarily opaque but i'm not transparent you know however I guess I'm not the darkest shade of brown you might choose from your crayon box to color with. And so the perception of my identity for most people is based on a skin scale. How dark, how light someone is. Colorism is a real thing. And I can't say that I have personally been targeted by colorism because I haven't. But colorism is real in the essence of how you identify yourself and how far or how close you are to your identity based on the judgment calls made by others. And so that's just a small piece of who I am and how I have embraced being Latina and I have embraced my, my identity on all levels and all of the facets of my identity because it's who I want to be. And so growing up and healing and being more present for myself, I've stopped allowing people to tell me who I'm allowed to be, what circles I'm allowed to enter, what conversations I'm allowed to have, what perspective I'm allowed to take. Because oftentimes we're, we're seen as women, as confrontational, um, especially because I'm a fire sign and that is really hard for some people. But I don't think that I'm that confrontational of an Aries, although I have the capability. But I don't like confrontation. However, if I feel strongly about a topic, I feel like I'm willing to have that conversation with you. And so a lot of times I feel like we have been quieted or labeled as a female dog or as crazy as Latinas because we are outspoken. Because a lot of us are seen or perceived to follow rules, to fall in line, to be submissive. And I am not that woman. I've never been that woman. I support however everyone else wants to move, but I'm not that person. And so I think that also makes it challenging or confusing for people to perceive my identity as this or that. But there's all these layers, right? What I really am trying to get at is identity has much to do with how you see yourself and very little to none to do with how the world perceives you. And so when you think about your own identity, do you base it? on the lightness or darkness of your skin, the lack of or the, fill, the fullness of melanin? Do you base it on how curly or how straight your hair is? Do you base it on whether you have brown eyes or they're full of color? A color I mean like a blue or a green or maybe they quote unquote change colors because brown is still a color and there are beautiful shades of brown eyes. But for whatever reason, another Western perspective is that people have colored eyes if they're anything other than brown. And then do you base your identity off of your weight? Do you base it off of your 
social class. There are all these layers, right? And then amidst that, I also think about identity as the people that you spend a lot of your time with. So the people, the closest people to you, the people you follow on social media, the people you look up to or idolize, do they look like you? Are they in the same social class, social bracket? Do they have the same privileges, rightfully so, or just earned because of the class, the racial class that you're in? Are you an insider? Are you an outsider traditionally? And are the people in your circle, do they mirror that? Because that's something to keep in mind. If you were to write down the top 20 people you talk to on a daily basis, I can almost guarantee they're a lot like you. Which means that it would make it really challenging to take on a perspective or an identity for yourself that is anything other than your consistent and constant reality. And I want to say that because sometimes the people around us, even with the best intention, can intentionally harm you because of patterns of behavior that we have accepted from even the closest people to us because my dad gave me the best advice when I was younger. He taught me that you teach people how to treat you. And I don't think there's ever really been a truer statement said. I didn't understand it when I was little. Right, you teach people how to treat you. Okay, that's my toy, I want it back. I'm talking about you teach people how to treat you. And on a deeper level, you teach people how to treat you based on how you treat yourself. Because I see a lot of people who their constant self-talk is negative. Their relationship with their significant other is negative. Their relationship with their family is negative. Most likely they get into an altercation every time they go into a public scenario, AKA the grocery store, the gas station, the bookstore. Uh, these kind of people even have some kind of negative interaction with the online cart. How? It's just you in the cart. But a lot of it boils down to how you feel about yourself. And my identity hasn't always been strong, and I wouldn't say that it's the strongest it could ever be, but it's a work in progress. And I can guarantee and say with confidence that my perception of myself has evolved tenfold in a short amount of time because I've really decided to quiet conversations I have with myself that aren't conducive to growing. And you got to have those hard conversations with yourself. You got to be like, shut up and sit down. Because there are even moments I've been seeing every day where I'm about to go down a rabbit hole of disbelief or disproportion between how I'm seeing myself in this moment based on something that happened or potentially could happen. And then I'm layering on all of these jackets of titles or understandings of myself that aren't true. And a lot of it is because I'm wearing them like a badge of armor from things people have told me. So when we think about identity, I want you to think about the kinds of conversations you have. 
either those repetitive or those that you initiate that are new. I want you to think about the self-talk that you have, if you have any at all, if you ever do any personally reflecting. I want you to think about who you spend your time with, how you spend your time. Are you always in the club? Do they know your name? Are you always in the bookstore? Are you always... And I'm not saying you have to always be this or that. But how are you making time for you? How are you spending your money? How are you setting yourself up for a future? Are you blowing everything the minute you get it? Or are you, even in small nuances, saving for the larger picture? What is it that you want for yourself? Who are you today? And how will who you are today get you where you want to go? Based on the choices you make. Because if the choices you make are not in alignment with who you say you are, who you say you want to be, then something's got to give. And I'm going to leave you with this quote. Until you control you, something or someone always will. I'm going to say that again because I want you to really identify with yourself and align with who you say you are and where you say you're going. So until you're in control of you, something or someone will always control you. It's been blessed journeying with you. Until next time, hustle and call. Happy journeying, my loves, and welcome back to another episode of Hustlin' Cole. It has been blessed traveling with you through each day, journeying back to yourself, being mindful of where you are and just being present in each and every moment, be it good or be it bad. Because remember, like I touched on last, the last episode, nothing is all good or all bad. Therefore, it is just so. So with that being said, I'm super fired up to be with you today because I want to talk about vision. In my perspective, vision without a plan is merely a dream. And while dreaming is important, while dreaming is a vital essence to, you know, having faith and being committed and really moving and navigating through the highs and the lows that the universe throws at you. You have to create a reality for yourself that is better than your dreams. So you have to really manifest that reality. And you can only do that if you have a vision, if you know where you're going. Research has shown that especially in school, that people are more likely to do well and perform at high levels when they know the destination. For example, if you're getting in a car and you're just going to drive aimlessly, the likelihood that you're going to make it to your de- to a destination is going to be challenging and you might not ever make it there or make it to the right one because you don't really know where you're going. So if you know where you're going, the pathway is easy. So I want to talk to you about vision because I recently bought my girl Elizabeth Tina's Dare to Create Vision Board Workshop and I just want you to know it was the best investment that I ever made. There's been several investments that have made a way for me but 
that I really want to touch on is this vision board because it takes all of my dreams and makes them attainable and makes them realistic and puts them into these bite-sized components that can really, really help me catapult myself forward into the exact place I want to be three months from now, six months from now, 12 months from now. You know what I'm saying? And it really categorizes things down into short-term and long-term. And then there's a section of execution where you map out your action plan. What are the daily things you're going to do to make that happen? How are you going to show up if this is what you want to want for yourself? If this is where you want to go, what are you going to do day to day? Because it's cool to say I want to drive that Ferrari. It's cool to say I want to be a stay-at-home mom. I want to be able to travel. I want to have an emergency fund with an X amount of numbers in there. I want a brand new car. I want blah, blah, blah. That's fantastic. But we don't always deserve these things that we're asking for. And the problem is, if all of the blessings of your heart were to show up for you tomorrow, how many of them would you be ready for? And by ready, I don't mean just like open with a gift basket or you're open, you're at the door and it, there's room for it inside. I'm talking about what is happening in your life. What have you put forward? Have you put your best foot forward so that when you receive these blessings, you're in a position to not only accept it, but appreciate it, sustain it, manage it and keep it. Because a lot of times we want things that we're actually, we would not be able to fully take advantage of if it were to show up. So that's why you have to do action. You have to show action. You have to show up and manifest what it is you want by putting in the work. You got to go to work. I think a lot of you want something for nothing. And that is frustrating for you because you keep wanting things, but you're not wanting to change. So the Dare to Create vision board, I, I want to keep on referencing it here. And I'm not one for, I don't ever push anything that I don't 100% back. And in just two weeks of me buying this vision board course and not even finishing it, not even fully mapping out my vision board i have it on paper i didn't do all the cutesy cutting and gluing and printing out pictures and going through magazines i didn't do all of that i did the basic boring write it down in words put it on the right category that was my level of mapping it out and let me just tell you i have already executed a plan for things i've been sitting on my entire life the last three months the last year I put execution, I executed and actually initiated and prioritized things that have sat on the back burner, been on the bottom shelf. And so when I tell you that it's about to get crazy, that I'm about to give all out massive action to the next three months left in a year, to the next 12 of the year after because my 2020 is gonna look drastically different than the last 27 years of my life. Because if you want better, you gotta do better. So I wanted to hop on here briefly to talk to you about vision, 
to get you excited, to get you pumped about what it is you want for yourself, where it is you want to go. So if you want the link, you know where to find me. I will show you and manifest how you can make every desire of your heart happen if it's attainable. And if it's not attainable in the next three, six, nine, 12 months, then we can map out how to make it happen in your five-year plan, your three-year plan. What, but what you got to do is make some real changes. Get real about what's not working while you're still not taking that trip, while you still can't retire, while you don't have time for your kids. Let's get real. Let's make time for you. Self-care is also about doing things for yourself. Making time for yourself. Checking things off the list that you've been burning to do. So I'm fired up. I don't know about you, but I'm super excited. And I would love to connect you with the woman who has drastically changed my life in 14 days. And so if you're ready to see yourself in a whole new light, you're ready to put on some new glasses and see yourself with 2020 vision. The future of your life, the longevity of your life will never be clear. There's never been a better time to see for yourself the opportunity for all of the things, all of the blessings and desires of your heart. And I'm here to make that visible for you. So if you're excited, or I hope you are as excited as I am, please reach out to me. It's been a blessing and an honor journeying with you. I'll talk to you soon.